Hello! Don't forget that if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, have your music featured on an episode, or just want to follow us for all our latest happenings, you can find us on Twitter at MBB Podcast, Instagram at Men Behaving Badly, and on Facebook. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you can download and listen to us whenever you like. And of course, please drink responsibly. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Men Behaving Badly. We're here at the Freemason Arms in Market Harbour. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Tom. Hi, Rob. And by Ashley. Hello. And we're delighted to be joined by Ryan. Hello. 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 And this is our first takeover episode uh, where we uh, we have a look at one particular brewery, which in this case is Electric Bear Brewery. So uh, we have three different uh, three different beers from Electric Bear today. We've got the... Uh, uh, oh, no. Oh, so yeah, sorry, Ryan, yeah, as, Ryan, as you're here. Please, please, yeah. Uh, yeah. please introduce the beers that we're going to try today. We've got Livewire, five point. 4% uh, session IPA, mm-hmm. uh, a nice juicy 8% dipper, which is surface area squared, and our mocha chocolate yaya, coffee caramel milk stout, and uh, best in category World Beer Award winner 2016. Oh, nice. I, that's yeah. possibly part of the reason why I've been looking forward to it the most. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the first time someone's pronounced it correctly all night. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Mark's, Mark's tried about eight times and got it wrong every single time. Yeah, it, it's a tricky one to get. It's I had to think about it later, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. So um, before we start, sorry, uh, Ryan, just give us a little bit of a background as to as to what you do with Electric Bear and uh, how, uh, how this came to be. Uh, well, I personally sales manager. Um, we're a great team. Uh, we're a small team with nine, and um, we started up in 2015. Uh, July we did the first brew. Um, the beer took off very rapidly, and we expanded with a team growing in uh, 2016. Uh, next extra new tanks, uh, two fermentation vessels, a CT uh, or conditioning tank, and then with uh, demand and popularity growing even further. Uh, in 2017, we saw our own canning line, changed bottles to can, uh, which was a really beneficial move into uh, retaining hop quality, um, freshness of style of beer, and really introduced us to where we wanted to be. And since then, uh, our popularity has grown massively, and we're happy to be in places like the Freemasons Arms in uh, Markov. Nice. How did, uh, so, what brings you all the way from Bath all the way to Market Harbour? How, does that, how did that sort of come about? Uh, I knew Adam actually from a previous position he was in, uh, another company, he was a distributor of us, of ours up in uh, Lincoln for a small beer wholesale. And uh, Adam moved to the pub, he became ops manager, got hold of me and said, I love your beer, what can we do? And we had a meeting in January and uh, set up the event, so here I am. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So it's when Tom went to Bath, was it the tail end of last year? It was, uh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah it was Christmas market. Yeah. The one thing you wanted to do was to get into the Electric Bear tap room. Yeah. Was that the day that it was closed? It was closed for oh, the... Oh, no, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was closed for the fair. And then uh, me and uh, the guys went with our other our, our halves and we just... We were trying to drag them around the fair, trying to find the Electric Bear stand without sort of looking like we were just hankering for a beer to them. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't actually find it yet, but um, oh, no. obviously I'm pleased with uh, After all that, it's yeah, come full circle. Yeah. Like, we're on our doorstep. We've got to come down again. We've just done a, um, we closed for three weeks and a full refit. 
on the on the on the tap room bar. So literally in the bar, in in the bar, in the brewery. And we've got ten lines now. Oh, fed by yeah. thirty meter pipe from the cold store. I'll certainly be busy thinking to do it again. So I'll be yeah, I'll be down at some point. I was gonna say I feel a little bit of a road trip coming on. I think with, uh, <laughs> yeah. with that. It sounds worth it. I'm sure we can find a reason. Yeah, oh. to get down there. Especially your pipe just won't break down. So I think we should uh, touch straight into the first beer here. Yeah, which, is the, uh, which is the live wire. So a uh, 5.4, I believe. Is this, uh, yeah. Yeah, so cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Smells great. Smells really fruity, really hoppy. Yeah. Now I'm, I must admit, I have already had a little bit of the uh, of the live wire earlier. Um, not usually something I do before a podcast, but. Um, I had to just test the waters and uh, it was absolutely fantastic. I thought, I thought the, the flavours were absolutely incredible in it. Um, I think we've got a couple of different stuff. I think we've got cask and keg as well. So um, Yeah, we've got two on cask and one on keg. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. What's yours? The that's, that's cask. That's cask. So we've got yeah, three cask and one keg here. So I've got the keg in my hand. So uh, what, what, are you, uh, what are you getting from the initial... Uh... Incredibly smooth. Um, Really sort of nice, sort of poppy bitterness. Um, yeah, there's a fruitiness. I can't quite. Something to pick up. It's almost like a, I don't know, like a, I don't know, blood orangey type. I'm picking up on that, and that's sort of, then that sort of that bitterness that comes with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is great, and it's like it's again, it's not really apparent. But it's enough to really get the juice by the juice. Yeah, it's a contrast, isn't it? There's a real sort of contrast between that fruity, almost sweetness, and then that hoppy bitterness, which is just. Yeah, it's just smashable. Like, it's just one of those beers that you could just get down so easily. Yeah. Um, I certainly think as we're moving into the summertime, I feel like a good few of these could yeah, probably I mean, be... To me, it, it doesn't drink anywhere near 5.4%. That, that, to me, is sort of mid-fours at the highest. You know, and that's It's actually the dangerous. only survivor beer we've got from our original range. Right. So back about a year ago, March 2017, um, we... Had a real big change up in our style, so we went from being fined to unfined, unfiltered, um, and really changed up the recipes as well. So live was the only one that still remains. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Should we swap cask and keg? Yeah, just have a have a little bit of a difference there. See, there's a there's a dramatic difference in the mouthfeel, especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of thicker cask, isn't it? Yeah, more of the mouthfeel as well. Absolutely. Yeah, the flavours are real, a lot stronger coming through. And they kind of, whereas on keg they kind of dissipate as you get to the back of the throat. They kind of remain um, as it as it all the way through. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a real dramatic difference. Yeah, yeah with, the, with the keg you get more of that. Once you get the carbonation, it really helps bring the flavours up. But it's that, um, like I said, that more sort of coating feel. Like you get that that tangerine flavour just lasts that bit longer, and, it, and it, that's a good thing. It makes it. Like you want to go back for it? Yeah, that's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's great. On that basis, I think I'll, I'll, <laughs> take, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take my cast one back. It's amazing how different the beers are on cast cake, though. It's complete yeah. contrast, oh, yeah. isn't it? Carbonation, yeah. cold to no carb or natural carb, like a fourth carb, and then, uh, room temperature is yeah. a huge difference. It is, and it's, it's nice to see. You know the same beer on two different dispensaries for us yeah. to be able to have this. We don't comparison. get very often, do we? Yeah, no. Very often. May get like a bottle and a. We, yeah, we we usually bottles and cans on the podcast, so yeah. uh, it's yeah, nice it's, to it's, be it's able nice to have that. See. So what sort of what what makes the decision then to put it on cask and keg? Is it sort of because it's your longest running one and you keep on both? Or no, we, th- this year we're releasing 
between 50 and 60 different beers. Um, majority would go across cast cake can. Um, generally ones that won't will be the likes of dippers, eight percenters which command ridiculous amounts of money in a cask. Yeah, sure. uh, and the only reason is that um, the cast sells a lot slower than cake. If you've got an eight percenter, people drink in thirds, halves, um, it won't sell through so fast, so the pub potentially has to charge quite a lot more because they might not get through it in the three days you have to for a cask. Yeah. Um, so most of our beers below kind of six and a half percent will go to all three formats and, and uh, they'll go really well. So how, how did you personally get into the beer industry? Is that a, sort of a personal hobby of yours that then became a career or? Uh, I kind of fell into it originally. I started 16 years ago now. Um, I was down in Cornwall. Uh, I've been doing accountancy uh, as a course. Absolutely hate to be stuck behind a desk. <laughs> um, I know that. Couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> so uh, I left that, and then about two weeks later, got a job with um, a company called Skinner's Brewery in Cornwall. Very popular in Cornwall, and um, started working as a, as a barman behind one of the bars. Um, I, li- I literally turned 18 about a month before, and uh, by the October, I was um, assistant manager. Um, I was also cellarman. By the end of the year, I was the manager. And about a year later, I came on to run the second pub, which is in Newquay. Um, age of 21, they sold off both the pubs to focus on the brewery and reinvest in that. I went into the brewery as just a driver, so I did a driving job for about a year and a half. Then I went to the brew house. My father and brother also went there at the same time. So my brother was um, supervisor on the packaging floor, so putting beer into uh, cask um, primarily. My father was tech services manager, so doing the installs, center services. I trained under him for a bit, and I kept pushing to be in sales. And at the age of 23, got the opportunity, and that was 11 years ago, and uh, never looked back. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Just be, I was with Skinner for 10 years, went into Rebel Brewing Company in Cornwall as well, for a couple of years. Um, a brewer that started Rebel actually started Electric Bear as well. Um, and they approached me about a year after we started it. And I tasted the beers and I left Cornwall. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> I moved my whole family up. I went, yeah, your, your beer's bloody great. I want to sell that. So uh, let's do it. And uh, that was two years ago and I never looked back. It's awesome. Oh, <laughs> I'd love to relocate just on the basis of a beer. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty yeah. much what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Johnny's doing some bath, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but mine's gone. <laughs> so it's just in the space of those few I, minutes, I think yeah. that just shows how smashable that that one is for sure and I, mean, that's, I know I know what you mean it, it doesn't feel like a 5.4 no. at all I know we have a fair few beers that around the 5.6 mark that don't but this in particular like well whether we were really planning to stay around after for a pint or not I am staying for a pint <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, buy I'll buy you one I'll buy you one I'll buy all of you one oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do this free <laughs> <laughs> <Three> beer literally got that record Oh yeah, damn. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's absolutely smashable there, and um, it's, it is interesting trying cast some kegs. I've almost kind of wanted to go back to keg a little bit. But I think when you, st- I think it's difficult when you. It's right here if you want. <laughs> two very different styles. Um, you sort of get that because it can be different alcohol. It's sort of how you. I don't know what I'm trying to say, it's sort of, because it's, it's obviously a bit flatter, I think I, I quite like the carbonation bits of it, yeah. um, and the coldness on it, but 
I think trying both, it's, it's either way you go for it, it's much more. It certainly is. I think for me, cask wins out on that one. Um, I think, yeah, typically I normally would be a fan of that because I feel like there's, there's quite a sort of refreshing note to the carbonation yeah. and the temperature. But for me, just the, the flavour profile that came out on the, on the cask version of that, it's, yeah, it was well ahead of the, the keg version for me. Yeah, there, there's big pros, I think, to, to both in that. And um, yeah, I, th- I think the cask probably wins out for me just because of that lingering flavour. I think um, just how much that stays in the mouth and uh, just continues down until you get to that throat. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So I think the smoothness of the cast that didn't would smooth would help me drink more parts of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Just a bit it's too easy. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It definitely does. So, but yeah, no, really, really good. I think we're all, uh, I think we're all a big fan of that. That's a, that's a good sure. place to start. That's yeah. a good place to start. So what about you, Ryan? Have you got a particular preference, cast or keg on, on that one or across the range? Uh, I love... All of it, cask keg can. Uh, we drink more keg at work though. Yeah. So in our tap room, we've only got keg. Um, if requested, we put on a cask. So I'm more used to the keg. But to me, you can't put the two in the same category. Yeah. They, they are completely different beers, and it's amazing the difference the temperature makes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I think someone could have quite easily put those down in front of us blind, and we would have sworn that they were two different beers yeah definitely yeah absolutely I mean, we've, we've, we've done tap in the past and uh, people have doubled up on it cask and cake as here because there are so many differences between the two it's not like having the same beer on like you say it could be different beers so people quite happily take the same beer on cask same beer on keg um, just to experience different style different flavour yeah. aromas and things I think, yeah, I think that's what we're kind of trying to do on our like on our beer journey of some of some sort. So we're trying to kind of branch out into the different like mediums of how we how we drink it. So because uh, obviously the last episode we had purely cask, didn't we? We had three three beers on cask, three pails on cask. Yeah, but I, I think we've tried a fair amount now. Different what? Because obviously we've kind of reduced the bottles and cans when we record in somebody's kitchen, but. Um, yeah, I, I think we've got a good broad spectrum of what we've tried, and uh, I think out of all of them, the cask has certainly been the most eye-opening to me. In yeah, terms I think, of, I think like, before we started doing this, I think cask was the one that I thought I would like the least because that felt yeah. more sort of traditionally beery. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I think that was going to be the one that I had the most difficulty with, but actually they're just different, and you know you find ones that just work on cask. Some shine. I mean, there's a lot of craft brewers out there that don't do cask yeah. at yeah. all. And they're literally just purely keg. Um, I think there's so much more to offer in a cask as well. It, it kind of appeal to that traditional drinker, um, but also the crafty edge. Yeah, yeah. And it just offers something different. Yeah, absolutely. It must be good for a, a brewer as well to be able to have that same beer, but just being able to pass it on to the customers in different ways, and like, like have it as a keg. And it's, it's such we a love it. We absolutely love it. It's great to be able to have like have different forms of it. Yeah, you do. You just play around with that. You appeal with different people with every pack size. Yeah. Um, I mean, cans have been just in the last kind of year. I mean, 2017 was kind of like the year of the can in the UK. For like, it was building up for two years before that. But you'd had stories, you'd go into a bottle out there and say, Would you like some of our cans? And they go, People are still walking in the shop and turn the back on the cans and look at the bottles. And nowadays, people are showing, What cans have we got? Yeah. yeah. 
really the whole industry has changed but um, every tweet that comes through every Facebook message for cast cake can whatever it is and people are saying you know this is great they love it and uh, all of it gets passed on to the guys that make it and it's appreciated it really is yeah um, you can't see their joyful faces <laughs> but, but they are smiling yeah <laughs> I think for me I just don't understand so obviously the, the the process of brewing these, there, there'll be a point at which it has to differ for cask and cake. How late in the process is that to then sort of say... Purely at packaging. So it's literally right at the very yeah. end. It's, so it's it's exactly fermentation's there. finished, it's not going to go any further, and then we, uh, what we do, if we're going to rack it into cask, we'll rack cask first, so it comes straight out of the FE into cask, and then whatever's going to be uh, caked or canned, moves into conditioning tank and is um, force carved. So we, 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 we force um, CO2 into the tank basically. Carbonate the beer and then we either can it or keg it. And then there's literally at the end, there's no difference in the preparation, the, the making, and it at all. Which is crazy, isn't it? Because then, yeah. you know, going back to the point that we said that they could have been two different beers, to know that it's exactly the same exactly recipe, the same, from the same, same process, tank. it's just same tank, same brew, different temperature with a bit of carbon dioxide in it. And it's a totally different taste and feel. And Completely. We, 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 had, we had a beer. Um, I'm going to give you, buy you all a can of this later on. Oh, um, we've just started a new series called um, Big Up, and it's um, a single hop series. So every month we release a new hop beer. The first we did was called um, Big Up Simcoe, and we hopped it eight times. So five times in the boil, oh, not in the mash rather, so um, various temperatures between 84 and then 74 degrees. Um, so, and each temperature brings out a different flavour. So you, you get um, peach, uh, sappy pine, uh, a little bit of tangerine, all from one hop. And then on the and then on the dry hop, we helped it three times as well. And um, the whole process took actually about a week and a half longer than we anticipated. Because <laughs> yeah. the brewers just kept going, now we need more, we need this. <laughs> um, we sold out in the first week uh, of the draft, which we released 3,000 litres, sorry. First week sold out. We had 400 litres of that into can. Um, which we've still got about 20 odd cases left and they've got them in tonight so I'm going to give you them but we start the whole series so next month uh, release next week is El Dorado um, already all the drafts sold completely gone um, so we're actually going to do another batch we, were, we did say originally we were going to do one batch of each but we're actually going to do two now because the first two have just we only released it and sold um, so we're going to do can and cake again off that one um, I can't remember what I started talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, it's just another of those things. I think part of our learning process has been actually slight differences in the process can make such yeah. huge differences to yeah. the beer. And you know we're talking about one hop. There's so much more variety in beer. Um, people talk about wine matching and wine this and that. Craft beer, or beer in general, is just so much more playing ground I mean in our in our hop store I mean just ours I went to about the varieties that are out there we, we have about 38 hops I think it was last count 38 different hops we've got 40 odd different malts and you can use all of those together at any point in any conjunction and create a completely different beer and where you use those you can use the same ingredients but in different times, it give you a different view again. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's it's amazing. It's it's a proper scientific exploration. It's just 
fun. Basically, it's fascinating. As soon as the as soon as the big up Citra comes out, I'm all over. If that's in the pipeline, I'm ready. That's headline about December time. I'm ready. I'll get my pre-order in now. I'll have a I'll have a keg. So ready. In ten, what was the uh, what was the kind of gateway beer beer for you? What was what was that first beer that you tried that you thought this is something that I want to I want to explore? What was that? What was that for me to join Lecture Bear personally? Or just uh, yeah, so in terms of beer in general, what what got you interested in beer in the first place? Me personally, it was back when I was about fifteen. I suppose my, my dad introduced me to Skinner's beer, well, the first company I worked for, mm. um, and it was uh, Cornish Knocker, um, which is a four point five percent. Pale ale, I suppose. Um, not an exciting beer in its sense. Nice, so it's nice. quite a traditional style, but it's still a good go-to pint. Yeah. Um, but that's what got me into ale. Um, but the bit thing that got me into craft beer was Electra Bear. Uh, I tried. Um, it's a craft beer Reisman. They introduced themselves to me, and uh, it was Samurai, which is a got 5.6 percent half rice, half rye brew. Um, so we literally half our master rice, and we've brewed it twice since I've been there. And literally, we decided to stop brewing it because each mash crushed the mash plate. So it cost us about seven hundred pounds <laughs> to replace the mash plate. So we looked at it and went, "That's really not profitable." Um, so yeah, half master rice. We gave it a really uh, kind of like a, a wine sake feel, so light, amazing. Yeah. Like, the original brew was a fantastic idea. Um, and we infused it with green tea, orange and lotus flower. So it was, rather than being hoppy and bitter, it was fruity and floral and light and whiny. And it's like, that's, that's not, that, it's bitter, but it's not bitter. It's, <laughs> it gets you thinking. And that's what made me fall in love with craft beer. And I think there's a definite separation between craft and, and tradi- mass tradition. For sure, yeah. 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 Um, but that, that's what made me fall in love with the brewery, and that's what made me move for Cornwall. Yeah, so were you guys at Craft Beer Rising recently, were you last month? We visited on a social level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember. Which is probably the best way to do it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best way to do it. Well, should we um, crack on to the surface? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So uh, I mean, this is the surface area. Is it surface area square? Surface area square. Yeah. Eight percent difference. So I imagine was there a surface area before this? There was yeah. a, a surface area. Yeah. yeah. So the original, <laughs> original surface area was quite heavy malt base. Quite a bit of sweetness from the malt, um, balance the hops. This one they've went for a completely different angle. They've gone for a pilsner malt base, or heavily pilsner, a little bit of pale. Um, so it's a very light body, and the hops just a lot more bitterness. Yeah. And the hops pop out over the over the hop over the malt. Sorry. Fabulous. Well, uh, let's give it a go. Here. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. A lot less clanking with these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just full on. Yeah. I mean, again, it smells. There's a really fruity aroma to it for me. It's that sort of orange squashy type nose to it, God. which I just always get so excited about. Bitterness smacks in the face, that. Good. Yeah. If you want bitterness, that's all to go for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Usually I don't like a, like a really over, like sometimes I find like really overpowering bitterness like sort of turns off it, but that sort of, I think with the fruitiness, actually it's it's that kind of, again, it's so I think, kind of I think sometimes when you get a bitterness of that level, you also get something that feels very rich and heavy. And sometimes, you know, it just feels like a bit of a grind to get through it. But because that's, that's so light, yes, yeah, so yeah, smooth, absolutely. that actually that, that bitterness is quite surprising. Um, 
But I mean, that to me, that takes nowhere near eight percent. I I feel like it's up there. I, I yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I I think it's pushing it. Um, I I certainly think they're kind I'd of certainly say it's stronger than the last. Alcohol's coming if, through. If yeah. someone had a gun to my head, I'd, I'd maybe have said mid six, but I don't think I'd have said eight. I may not I may not have pushed it to eight, but it. I think knowing that the alcohol yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 you give it a taste. Yeah, that kind of that alcohol. I would say burn, that kind of yeah. yeah. Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. It is, because I mean, you, even with that, that hit of bitterness, you're still able to get other flavour profiles. You know, it's not just a sort of overpowering whack of there's poppy bitterness. You know, there are still sort of layers of things going on, all coupled with something that's incredibly light in the mouthfeel. So it doesn't feel like a chore to, to drink. Right, not it's not chewy, is it? It's just... It's no, for, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah it's just another... Really thing. easy drinking. Which almost, is... Yeah, almost dangerously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It certainly is. I have made the mistake personally before. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think we've made the mistake a lot of times with some dangerous beers. So, uh... But then again, we don't have direct access to a brewery. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Probably easier to make that mistake if you do. Mark, what are your thoughts? There can be more taxes than required, than we? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting. I, I think because I'm, I'm still kind of comparing it to the uh, to the live wire. Um, I think I prefer the live wire, but there is more of an interesting taste going on with this. I think that bitterness is making it a lot more interesting in the mouth. Um, yeah, it's, it's really um, it's really drinkable for sure. But um, yeah, that that bitterness is something. Quite, uh, quite unique, I would say. Yeah, because I think, I think, I think this is one of the first beers I've had. Like I said, when I first gave my thoughts, like that. Usually, that overpowering bitterness is just turn me off of it. And I think this is one of the first beers that's actually had that still overpowering. But I think you hit it down there because that lightness, still with that juiciness. Actually, I'm really attracted to that, that bitterness. I, I don't think it's, it's as, um, it's uh, I don't think it's as smashable. As the uh, as the live one, oh, no, 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 I, mean, I, I think I'd probably enjoy a couple of these in, in a summer evening before I moved yeah. on. But um, yeah, for sure, it's it's got very interesting interesting bitterness to it. So yeah, it's a completely different. You know, it's an IPA, a double IPA, and live wise a session IPA. It's, it, they are completely different styles. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a big malt body in, 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 in live wire. Like this one, like I said, is very thin, and it's trying to showcase the hops and the bitterness. Yeah. And I think it does that well, but um, it's not one you go to town on. No, no, you know, for sure. You, you won't have three or four of them because no. a it's eight percent. Yeah. You're going to want to be standing. Um, but the, I think the bitterness um, kind of draws you in a little bit. It makes you want to drink some more. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, it's like a dry, like, like dryness, mm. kind of like not dry them out like a sour wood, but it's that kind of yeah. Just make you want to keep want to go back to it. Yeah. I think it's one of those that after one or two, I'd I'd stand at the bar and I'd look at it and I think I know that I want that, but I also know that I shouldn't have that. Yeah. And then I'd go for something else because it's when you start seeing two eights and two twos on the uh, board, yeah, you're just think, thinking, yeah, I probably shouldn't have that anymore. <laughs> I think that both of these that we've had, I think. I could conceivably drink both of these until I need to go home. Yeah. It would just take fewer of these before <laughs> yeah. I had to go home. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. One. Quite a few for them. Yeah. So when, um, when Lecture Beer sort of says, oh, beer, fucking hell, it's that 8% is doing me. <laughs> yeah. um, that Lecture Beer, uh, when you started up, what was the, like, the, 
I guess the craft beer scene like in Bath or South West at, at that time was it were you was it quite unique what you were doing or were there other other breweries that were sort of competing against in Bath we were the first um, so Chris uh, Chris Lewis the owner um, sole owner sole founder a lot lovely bloke uh, he um, he had a successful business and, and had sold it on but he'd all had a passion for craft beer and home brewing and um he heavily followed kind of the American craft beer movement, what was happening in the UK, and uh, there's nothing happening in Bath, and he loves Bath. He's lived there for 25 years, at that stage I think, maybe, maybe 27, 28 now. Um, Bristol had already started, so he likes some more beer, he'd now been going in 10 years. So some established ones. Um, so fairly new to the area I suppose, apart from like wild beer down further down south. Um, and so to appeal to the market that he was basically Bath was so fresh really fresh it's only in the last kind of six to twelve months that Bath has kind of grasped craft beer and there's more outlets opening um, funky burger venues with craft beer pizza venues of craft beer there's a bottle shop down there as well isn't there the um you got two. You got two. You got the um, craft. Oh, I'm gonna have to this, aren't I? <laughs> I can't remember the one I've been to. I got. A, I think I got a card in my wallet from there. You can edit this out, can't you? Big craft. It's beer. It's beer craft. It's beer craft. And independent spirit. Ah, okay. um, so it's independent spirit was first established, and then beer craft have opened up since. Um, and they're actually expanding now. They've actually just put up a. a I don't know if it's a crowdfunder, but uh, um, looking for investment. Right. Okay. Oh, so kind of Kickstarter thing, though. Yeah, yeah that yeah, kind of thing. Sort of thing yeah. So they've, they've done really well. They opened, opened up late last year, and I might get this wrong, but it's, it's about November, October, November time. Um, they've done really well. Two great guys, and stock a lot of our beer, which we're very happy for. Um, and they, I think they've got about four taps in it, but what they're trying to do is open up downstairs and create more of kind of a, not a pub, but just a more sociable environment sure. rather than a shop. Yeah. So you can actually have a beer downstairs and chat away with them. Um, so you've got those guys, you've got Independent Spirit, um, you've got the Canon. Our, our biggest direct customer, personally, is um, the Boater. It's actually a Fuller's pub. They can, they, they, they can buy independently, they buy through us direct. Uh, they have three of our products on permanently. And they really try and trump craft, and they're right next to the bath rugby ground as well. Oh, yeah, um, nice, yeah. So Fantastic. they're lovely people. They're really nice. And uh, don't let the fact that they're full of put you off. Because their brand is full of, they don't need London Pride. And, yeah. they're, they're just owned. Um, they're, they're great people. Um, I'm going to start mentioning people and don't mention others, I'm going to get crucified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Fox, they do really well. Uh, the Beaufort, who have just rebranded. Um, but yeah, the craft in Bath now is growing. Um, Bristol is another beast, completely different beast. So that is really craft. And, and so where we originally tried to appeal to a quite new craft traditional market we had I've said earlier that Livewire is our only original surviving beer um, so we had lots of persuasion a 3.8% golden ale a red bear 4% red beer um, a 4.5% milk stout all those beers now have gone completely gone so we introduced ourselves to a local market we went, do you know what it's nice but 
our passions in craft and actually we've got to make a change here so we actually dropped those by the wayside and just went let's go guns out craft we go full and hot uh, sorry un unfined unfiltered un uh, hazy beer um, we put it in can we'll be more expensive we'll put more more hop in we'll do more of this um, I'll explain a bit more on, on the next bit we're going to come to is kind of shows where we're going and yeah. what we've done um, but we've made a transition from being semi-craft to full passion this is where we are yeah. craft Sorry, I'm rabbit on so much. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> 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 it's, it's I just talking, I thought I'm going to boil these fucking suits. Oh, no, it's better than us talking. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, what are the future plans for Electric Bear? You know, I mean, because obviously the, there's the range, like the Big Up, which is, you know, one hop, just showing what you can do with that. Is that the sort of future plan, or is it, let's get a bit weird with it, you know, show what, We've what got stuff we can do? Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Can Honestly. you ever have too much, really? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, apparently you can. Yeah, apparently eighty weeks a minute, eighty hours a week. Sorry, aren't, aren't enough. Um, <laughs> my wife really loves it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, we've um, as a business, a team. Really, we, we are a team, uh, and we decide. It's a democracy. It's not one person saying you're going to do this or that. We decide if it's a team, and we sat down in January and went, you know, what is going to make this work? Um, and, the, and the industry has changed so much. I mean, personally, going back to when I started selling, 20, uh, well, when I was age 23, well, 11 years ago, um, I'd walk out of a pub in Cornwall and say, they'd have that beer on now for 12 months. They'd have three casts a week, that is that. And there, there was no equipment, that, that, that was it. Um, nowadays, you sell a, our biggest seller to a pub for the first time. Phone the next week, how did it go? Ryan never sold a cast of keg so fast in life. Hour and a half, it's gone. Brilliant, mate. That's what a salesperson wants to hear. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many more do you want? Oh well, what else you got? And it's like, uh, for example, in November last year, and I don't, I don't want to rabbit on. Tell me, oh, no, 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 absolutely. No, um, carry on, please. November last year, one week released six beers, six different beers in one week. And the next week, I had a customer speak to me and say, "Got anything new?" I released six beers last week, mate. And he went, yeah, I've had them. <laughs> and I just literally, on the phone, hung my head on the desk and went, how are we going to beat this? Yeah. Like, you know, we've got great customers, we've got great beer, yeah. um, but they all want something different. So we, we are still obviously searching for new customers and we're doing new markets and things, but rather than having to constantly search for a new customer for the same eight, ten beers... This year we came in and went, right, what we're going to do is change it up. We're going to have five core beers. So our biggest sellers, Word, Spectral Remorse, Above the Clouds, Livewire, and then our British Pills and the Edison. They are going to stay the same, constant, never changing. Yeah. And we're going to release 60 different beers. So already this year I think we've released seven. Three are coming out next week. We're doing a single hot pail every month. We've got a quarterly change in cold brew coffee beer we've got a quarterly change in red and brown beer we've got the quarterly change in dipper series I've probably forgot something about three weeks ago we sat down and went what, what we're going to brew in two weeks time well the head brewer asked me what we're going to brew in two weeks time I said alright we've got this one 
I went, have we got room to slot a one-off in? I went, can you do another one-off? You've got this coming out of the ground. He goes, yeah, of course we can. Like, All right. So um, next week we've got a dry hop stout coming out, which he just decided very three weeks ago, and the artwork was done two and a half weeks ago, and the labels arrived at the end of the week. So, <laughs> I was going to ask about the artwork actually because that's it's it's pretty like good stuff. It's yeah, it really does stand out. Yeah. So, is, is, there, is there one one guy that does one, that or a team or? It, it's a company, a very small company based in Cornwall. Um, Guys called Kingdom Sparrow in Falmouth. Absolutely awesome. They're, they're amazing. I've worked with them for a few years, and um, every beer we come out with. It's like an hour Skype conversation. Yeah. I think they're probably getting quite pissed off with us, to be fair. Because <laughs> they're probably going, yeah, I've got never any beer. And I, going, I think this, year, customers, they, you know, this right? year they might have a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but from the, from the, like, the offset, was that something that you wanted to sort of be set apart from others in that artwork? Completely. I mean, I mean, I think there's inspirations taken from the likes of Magic Rock and Beaver Town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some of that have gone the other way to white to plain labels and stuff but we want it to be vibrant bright exciting you know we're here we're, we're trying to do something different yeah. it's what we went about and that's and, and with the cans little things and I to mention it you might think oh what's that but our cans are a spot matte varnish and anyone I've ever spoken to like on a trade show in a shop like selling, presenting the beers hold the can and it instantly just rob them and it's like interact with the product yeah so already you've got a connection you've seen it you've got a vibrant interest you've picked it up you've got a, a, a textural interest and then all you've got to do is taste the beer and it just sucks you in it's yeah that's interesting we, we, we say constantly about the magic rock and how much we enjoy the design of the magic yeah, we had rock that, um, and um, who did the marble was it marble Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah sort of it was tactile marble, kind of marble yeah. brewery. Yeah. It was like a matte finish, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just interesting because I remember experience. that. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the, the striking design that you guys have, but it was that kind of feel. And, and Beaver like Town, Beaver yeah, Town as well have got that sort, sort of same similar texture. To get, yeah. Appealed to literally all, to all the senses. You've got the smell, the, the taste, taste, the feel. The feel of it, even the feel of the product you got. And we hope we. Everything that we do, everything that the end consumer like yourselves, it might be the first time you ever interact with us. Yeah. You pick up a can. I mean, you want it to be memorable. Yeah. You, know, you want us to think, you know, electric bed, go the extra inch, little centimetre, that mile, whatever. Yeah. Just to make that product a little bit more special. And that's every, we put everything into it. We really do. From the guys designing the recipe, hopefully through to sales spot afterwards yeah. but you know, the, we have guys message us positive feedback we, have, we, have, we do get negative feedback you know? not everybody appeals to everyone yeah. but we always reply to everyone and we speak to everyone and is, it, is that the same is, is that the same it? with the kind of names of your beers as well <laughs> obviously we, we've um, we've discussed before how there's a difference between there'll be some breweries who literally name it as it is yeah. what, what it is and then others who kind of branch out into kind of the more the wilder names. Where, where does that come from? Because obviously you've got, you know, you've, you've got unique names, yeah, with, with yours. Yeah, we've got a mixture. Yeah, really. As a, most of it's fun based. Most of it is, means something. <laughs> On a quiet note, within the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's what we're releasing next week called Changing Lanes. Um, which I will not go into. <laughs> 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 um, 
Um, well, we'll ask you again after the last one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple more beers and we'll, we'll get yeah. that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that. Maybe not <laughs> ask, ask that one. <laughs> uh, I think it's probably the only note I've ever written down so many times in the last week and smiled so much. Every time I do it, I just picture the story. Well, the other side, you've got the Big Up series, which is purely Big Up and then The Hop. So yeah. Big Up Simcoe, Big Up yeah, Eldorado, sure. Big Up. Yeah. So those are kind of specific defined. And the rest, we're just, 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 they're fun. They don't mean anything. Um, Inspector Remorse, it's picked up on. That's a great name. It was the first brew that, that, it's more the artwork represents what we're getting across. So, Inspector Remorse was the first brew that Ian, our head brewer, um, who joined us in December 2016. Um, He he did two and a half years with Arbor, about two years with Bingham's before that. Mm. So he had helped develop beers like Shangri-La and Osbom, some of like big known uh, hoppy oh, IPA yeah, beers yeah. From, from those guys. Um, came on board with us so happily. Um, and he, that was the first beer he created. And so the label on it actually, it's got three blokes. The guy with the dreadlocks is Ian, the head brewer. The gi- the oh yeah, the guy just walked in. in. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> uh, the ginger bloke is Jack, who's still with us, our assistant brewer. Yeah. And the third guy is Matt. Um, Again, outstanding bloke, lovely young brewer, and he's now actually left us in December last year to go to Thunder Rebel. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that's that's the kind of thing we do. It's not everything serious. Beer is fun. It's about yeah. enjoying yeah. yourself and having a great time and being social, and that's what we try and bring into it. It's yeah, with all the, I think it's, with all it's the not, uh, it's not all serious. Like relevant with all the shit that's sort of gone on with. Uh, in the industry with you know sexism and wherever it is, I think it, you should always go back to that and the fact that beer is just fun and absolutely yeah. You know absolutely. whether it's the artwork, however it tastes, where you're drinking it, you know it's just it's just doing what we're doing now and just chatting about it and having a bit of a laugh. You know? Yeah, and that's absolutely. how it really should be. Absolutely. Just, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really it's, it's great that you guys have that sort of philosophy. Of, and I think well tonight for me has been my first experience of electric beer. It's been one of those. It's been on my list of breweries that I need to get through and, and make sure I had something. So as soon as, I think it was you Tom that sent something to our group text to say there's a tap takeover at Freemasons, we need to be there. That for me was the first sort of, oh my god, yes. Because <laughs> it was on my list, so it's the opportunity to sort of tick it off, but you know, for then that to develop to chatting to someone from Electric Bear has just been ludicrous, but I think it's justified why it was on my list of breweries to go to because it's just sort of quality products but also there's a story behind it and there's a passion behind it and I think that's what it's about at the end of the day for us is finding people who've just got that pure passion for for what they do. We are nine craft beer enthusiasts that just have got passion for it. That that is purely it. I mean it's... you see sort of, you know, macro stuff that you know, it's got thousands of people working behind it, but it's not anywhere near as good as something being produced by a team of nine people. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. We, we, it's crazy. I, I quite often I go to various events around the country, and I was in Belgium last year, uh, the last week, sorry. Um, and from what we're producing, people are tasting and seeing. When they say, how old are you? When I say two and a half years, they're quite often blown away. Um, uh, that's purely down to the team, yeah. and uh, the effort that goes in from, from everyone. It's yeah. uh, and, the, and the, the boss invests in in all of us. It's um, 
it's, it's a great place to be. And it shows, you know. Yeah. I mean, in a moment, I'm going to bring over uh, the head brewer, Ian. I, I, just think I think they're just it's coming over now. seven bloody hours, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming over. Yes, That's thank right. you. you know, we've Cheers. been chatting to Ryan, tasting a few beers and... Just chatting about them, so we'll. Yeah. Um, These are the slowest drivers in the world, by the way. Seven hours. Ago, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tip me four. Uh, <laughs> how's the uh, How's the car? Works here, and so are we. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. all, isn't it? Yeah. Just a band-aid on it. Yeah, no, literally, it's just a split pipe, and uh, they kind of went. <laughs> and I went, yeah, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting to turn down beer, it's alright. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So what are our uh, final thoughts on the um, surf service win? I think that's a dangerous beer for me. Very dangerous. Yeah. So I think I'd, I, if I was sitting down drinking that one, I'd struggle to stand up again. I yeah. think that's, that's, a, that's a dangerous I, I think the live wire is a bit more dangerous for me. I, I think that's one that's more smashable for me. I think, uh, it's a lot softer, you can yeah. smash a lot more of it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The surface area is yeah. different level, uh, more bitter. But it's still too easy for an eight. It's always been perfect yeah. for like it's one of those beers. That obviously, you work being eight percent, you're gonna just kind of hopefully casually go through it. But yeah. it's been pretty good just like just sipping on it and just chatting as we have for sort of the last 20, 25 minutes. Just it's been perfect for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, oh, big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really loved it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so on to the on to the last beer. Yeah. Chocker, mocker, mocker, chocker, mocker, latte, chocker. yaya. Yeah. Damn it. Um, I, th I think I got that right this time. Real Lady Marmalade, like, Uchi Kuchi Mama. You got to think. Yeah. Maybe you're going to have Bruce introduce it for us. You know, um, when I first more. started doing like, tasting events stuff, in my head, I was going, Uchi Kuchi Mama. Waka Chocolata, yeah, It's a problem if you get the wrong plate, you'd be like, oh, what are we tasting? Real Lady Marmalade. Oh, no, no. Whatever, mate. Whatever, whatever. Right whatever. So it works. Absolutely. So then, okay, so if we move on to the... I was going to try and say the name, but I just won't bother. You can do it. Mocha chocolate latte, yeah, yeah. Oh, give it a go. Oh, right, that's... Oh, that, that's that's pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> yeah. You're getting cocky now. I'm pretty cocky. sure I've said it all day, so yeah. So but, it's, uh, yeah, now that we've been joined by Ian and Dennis, yeah. <laughs> why don't we ask them to introduce the mocha chocolate latte, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are we expecting? What are we getting? What's gone into this? Um, you're expecting a lot of chocolate, a lot of caramel, uh, creaminess, coffee, uh, roasted balls, uh, and hopefully pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is basically kind of pure indulgence. Yeah. In glass. It's just. It's an. It, it's a dessert of beers. Mm, yeah. It's fermented out on coffee beans, cocoa nibs, conditioned out on caramel. It's got all of those ingredients in there. Um, I mean, it's a really, it's a sweet smell as well. I mean, it's a really, you know, you get some dark beers that are really sort of bitter and coffee, but actually it's a really subtle, sweet, chocolatey coffee smell, which is really enticing. And for this to be the lowest ABV of the three we've had, but significantly, you know, by far the darkest we've had is it's actually quite difficult to process. And we, and we must point out at this point, Ashley is not the biggest fan of dark beers, so for him to be going on like this is something special for us. It's very good. Yeah. 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 Well, well, cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 cheers guys. Glad you made it. <laughs> you know, as a total beer novice, a milk stout, 
Where does the milk come into things? <laughs> uh, there's lactose in it, right? Um, which is uh, derived from milk. Um, it's non-fermentable sugar, isn't it? Yeah, it's non-fermentable sugar that's um, uh, derived from milk. Because it gives you, you know, this beer, it, it sort of coats the mouth in, in the same way that sort of a, a milk does, and I think, I don't know whether that's the sort of lactose, yeah, that's from the lactose. input. Because yeah, yeah. it just sort of hangs around, doesn't it? And, it? and it keeps a lot of that flavour as well. It's the only one of our beers that actually isn't vegan-friendly. All of our beers on Fun Outfield are vegan-friendly. Um, because the use of lactose, obviously, is being friendly. Yeah. When we were um, stuck on the motorway coming up here, yeah. we were looking at um, coconut, uh, coconut milk powder um, as a vegan-friendly lactose. Ah, yeah. But this is the last batch of mocha ever. Wow. Oh wow. Purely, when we started making it two years ago, it was forty pounds a liter for the Madagascar vanilla that goes into it. Now, due to a monsoon that they had in September last year, wiped out half their vanilla crops. Half of the strength of vanilla, so we were getting threefold strength originally. For one and a half fold strength now, it's three hundred and fifty pounds a litre. Wow! Wow! So it's it's gone from one hundred and sixty pounds a brew to two thousand eight hundred pounds a brew. <laughs> so unless people want to pay twenty five, thirty pounds a can, um, <laughs> off the back of that, which we realised end of December. <laughs> we, developed, them, so. we, we, yeah, we, we developed the new cold roast coffee range. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. good. <laughs> Twenty-five, thirty pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah might, might be a We, we sat there and we scratched our heads <laughs> for about two seconds and went, "That's not doable." Yeah. So, um, yeah, shit. This actually, this I think is possibly the last cake. Wow. Um, we've got some cans left, but I think there's probably just. So I feel like we're sort of toasting the end of the chocolate yeah. yeah. Yesterday we yeah. brewed the first sort of new um, coffee range that we're bringing in in place of it. Right. Um, it the new range, we're working with a few different roasters throughout the year, so once a quarter we'll have a different coffee roaster uh, with a different coffee bean. So it'll be the same recipe, but the coffee side of things in it will vary slightly. Hopefully. People will see a significant difference. Um, I think it might take a bit of a fine taste, otherwise, it might just be that's enough coffee beer. But I think you know, if you do have them side by side, you do actually go into the depth of flavour, you should see a significant difference from one motion to another. So, the first one of those was brewed yesterday, so that's going to be out within the next two or three weeks. Um, replacing this, um, and the other thing um, with the new coffee. Uh, we've invested in a new hop rocket as well, and we're one of the first companies or the first breweries in the country to develop a hop rocket that infuses fruit as well. So if there's particular notes within the coffee, like raspberry or something like that, we're actually going to put raspberries into hop rocket and then highlight those flavours. And so it's, it's going to be kind of next level coffee beer stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we, we were we were chatting to Ryan earlier on about sort of gateway beers, that first beer that introduced you to the world of beer, the rabbit hole as we've had it described before. Yeah. The one that sort of opened your eyes and said actually beer is something I want to be involved in. Mocha, Mocha Porter from, uh, what was the name? Uh, well, Rock, yeah, it's a brewery in the US. Uh, I was blown away straight away, yeah. Jaipur, I, the IBA from Thornbridge. Thornbridge, yeah. One of the first. Oh, yeah. Uh, I that a few times, I remember we were asking that, yeah. Brewdog, for me, to be, yeah, to be honest. Uh, what else? I wish you didn't remember. 
Brewdog's come up before, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah Brewdog is Some people love him, some people hate him, but it's a massive gateway into craft beer for people. Absolutely, yeah. The majority of people have heard of Brewdog or Punk IPA. Even if they haven't tried it, they've heard of it. Even if all they ever drink is Fosters, they yeah. still know that this Brewdog thing exists. Well, now that you've got it on tap in Weatherspoons as well, it's, and that's even wider. This is groceries and Tesco's, it's everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it only takes people to try and go, oh, actually, that's quite nice. And it is a gateway into exploring stuff they're never going to find out about otherwise. Yeah. Um, with that respect, they're... They serve a very good purpose. I wouldn't have a big Brewdog fan myself, um, <laughs> but without them, a lot of craft breweries yeah. wouldn't be where they are now. Yeah, so how did you guys become Electric Bear? How did that become a...? Um, Electric Bear was going before either of us were there. Um, so Chris started the brewery when he pretty much uh, decided He's had enough of IT and he's wanted to do different. Uh, funnily enough, other breweries I've worked at, the uh, people who have started breweries up have also come from IT backgrounds. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just seems to be a thing. To be honest, I mean, I hope none of you guys work in IT, but if I did, I'd find it pretty boring. <laughs> no, we don't. I work behind a desk, I find that pretty boring. So, yeah, yeah, I, I work say, behind yeah. a desk sometimes. Yeah. I have a computer. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm practically in IT, aren't I? <laughs> Um, as a brewer, I, I drove a van for a living for ages and uh, decided that I like it, but at the same time I really don't. <laughs> and uh, took a massive drop in income and everything to go and do a few hours, of, like a few days a week in a brewery and uh, got carried away with it and one thing led to another and before I knew it, like six years in, ended up as a head brewer elsewhere. So it was more just a passion that turned into into a career. Without even noticing. Yeah. So is that I mean that's still a passion presumably that continues to be talking about on the way up, you know, so you're never ever going to earn amazing money being a brewer. If you want to earn amazing money, there's so many great jobs like lawyers and doctors and whatever else it might be. If you want to enjoy yourself, there's so many really bad jobs for that sort of thing, like lawyers and doctors and Well, I mean, we were talking about the sheer number of brews that are coming up this year, the sort of planning that's gone into the next 12 months alone is just... Ludicrous, you're just out well, of this world. As much as I absolutely love my job, one of the most hardest things is forward planning. Yeah. Like, I don't forward plan my Brewers life. don't do no. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, outside, outside of the brewery, I don't forward plan. I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. I will know by Monday, once yeah. I've done it. <laughs> and one of the hardest things in the brewery can be going, oh, we're going to need X amount of this beer, 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 and we need all of that by yesterday. He loves me, really! And on top of that, on top of that we also want some new brews created. And on top of that, we also want to, uh, uh, I don't know, bring back this beer again. And on top of that, we want to actually you know, scrap that idea. We're going to take all of them cans, we want it all in keg instead. <laughs> And that is the hardest thing. Yeah. Mondays are fun! <laughs> for me personally, the absolute hardest thing is having to deal with 
the admin side of planning ahead. What he means is deal with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so were you were you sort of home brewing and stuff like that while you were, you know, you say you were driving vans and stuff like that. Was was home brew or something? Yeah, I've like done years of home brewing, beer, wine, and cider and meat. What basically? You still do cider at home? I still do cider at home. Uh, I do a lot of foraging. So if I go foraging and I see a load of apple trees and I've got a car boot there, it's like. <laughs> it's got to happen, there's yeah. A boot. There's a cider equation here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've got scrumping, I think. I still got a bit of a homebrew addiction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have got a hundred litre kit in the brewery as well, uh, which we can get out and do small batch stuff on to, uh, you know, experiment with that. The downside to that is, well, it's not sort of downside. It's, it's great having it, but getting the time to use it is another matter because yeah. to do a, a big 3,000 litre batch can take you a day to brew and then a couple of weeks to ferment and dry hop and that. To do a 100 litre batch can take you a day to brew and a couple of weeks to ferment and whatever. No so before you know you're spending <laughs> the same amount of time and effort producing 3,000 litres as what you are 100 litres. Yeah. Um, we still do that so occasionally to try it and brew down different recipes. We still try and do that. Is it going to work? Yeah. But generally, Guys, it's just hard to put it in. Yeah, you know, it's like, it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't work. This time you know, last year, time-wise, it doesn't work. No, yeah. this time last year, it was easy to you know just get the kit out. And go, oh, let's, let's try something new. Let's make hundred liters or something. And it was easy to do it. A year later, it's like let's do this on a nano kit. It's like yeah, that's okay. But at the moment, we can't do it for the next five weeks because we've got this, 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 this all scheduled in. Uh, we literally had a meeting today, and the fact is, at the minute, um, <laughs> we've already pre-sold within the next three months, I'll rob it. So it's, <laughs> the boss is like, going, what's going on? <laughs> like, it's all sold. He's like, oh. Well, you've already got, that's pre-order. Kind of you've got a pre-order from me for the big <laughs> <laughs> up Citra. Yeah. As soon as that's a thing, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. But then I suppose the question is, does that mean that there's an electric bear cider in the offing? Is that something I don't think could be? Not uh, us, I don't think no. Yeah. You can't make it the same premises. No. Uh, because of the wild yeast inside, you don't. You just don't want it in the same premises. Even a hundred litre little. <laughs> I, I think he's really desperate. <laughs> for this, any any, any cross contamination is not going to be made yeah. in that same building. Man alive. Regardless of size, <laughs> it's not going to that You can hear way. the disappointment in my like, voice. <laughs> <laughs> you can sort of have some home brewing. Seven miles down the road from the brewery where I live. Yeah. There'll be some. I've got a very nice shed. <laughs> <laughs> Shoshka Massive! Will <laughs> <laughs> we, we find an excuse to get down to the electric bear tap room? Yeah, I, th- I think seven so miles down the road sounds like a good uh, detour, detour by the shed yeah. for a bit of cider. Yeah. I, f- I feel like we've uh, neclected the uh, mocha chocker after yeah. this. Uh, um, it's just confused me. Absolutely blown away. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it is what it says on the tin, though. It's coffee, it's caramel. Absolutely. Incredibly smooth, it's lovely sweetness. Like, it's not. Again, it's not too sweet that you like struggle through it. It's like the perfect amount. Like I say, the chocolate caramel just goes really nicely together. It's, yeah. it's top, absolutely top. It's just it's the thing that I find confusing about it. It's just not the it's not the mouthfeel that I'd expect for that flavour. It, it's just so light. Light. It's, yeah. It's so light and sort of you know sort of lightly carbonated. So that contrasting with the, the coffee and the caramel and, and those sort of flavours, uh, I'm just finding difficult to. Process. Uh, what I've said before about the, the flavours being subtle, and I, I feel like 
they are still subtle yeah. in this. Even though there's quite a fair few flavours coming through, there's still a subtlety to it. Yeah. And that's what I'm really enjoying about it. And it's going down so it's easily. Really it's really easy to drink. Like, like you said, Ryan, it's, you know, it's a little bit of like a dessert beer, but some like well, we've had a couple that have been similar that are on the, that heavier side. You really do think, yeah, that's... It's that's not got a heavy body to it. That's not it's got quite that. light, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. more of a that, yeah. much lighter and yeah. but like you say, it's still got that, that sort of like dessert flavour feeling. Yeah, I think it's yeah. really yeah. often often you get you get a beer that tastes like this and it it's a sort of I'll have one pint and I'm done because it's so it's heavy and full bodied that yeah. you just can't stomach any more than one. But actually the what the I sort of lasting beer. profile is, is one that's quite light and refreshing, so you're sort of ready to go back for that yeah. next yeah. sip. Yeah. I mean, some, some might find it quite sweet and quite heavy, but not, not heavy as such, but just... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, just rich, really. Uh, yeah, yeah, over sweet. Yeah. Um, but what I personally can do with it, take a full can, not boil it, but warm it, under 50 mils, chuck it into a cake mix, makes the best coffee caramel cake mix, honestly. So get a standard like plain sponge mix, reduce a can down to 50 mils, chuck a syrup, it's literally a syrup, chuck the syrup in, stir, whisk it in, bake your cake, put a little bit of into your icing, the best coffee stout cake you Oh, ever. I think that's going to have to happen, I think, at some point. In the last half hour of that cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was our Christmas cake last year. Oh, it was fantastic. Beautiful. So, this will be the start of our baking podcast, Men Baking Badly. Men Baking Badly. Men Baking Badly. Like that's that. like a good title, yeah. We'll start with that. Amazing. No, I mean, it, it, it doesn't drink the way that it tastes, which is the sort of oddest yeah. thing that I've said about a beer, but it, it just doesn't... The way, the way that it feels in the mouth doesn't match the way that it tastes. And for me, that's ideal because I think that those sort of really heavy, rich, full-bodied, dark beers that just taste of bitter coffee and stuff like that are the thing that's put me off dark beers. So when you get one that's got those sweet notes with a light body, that's my sort of gateway beer into dark beers. Because typically, I'm a hoppy pale man. Yeah. So, you know, give me something like the Livewire and I'll drink that all day long and I'm, I'm perfectly happy. Whereas, you know, anything that's described as a any kind of stout or porter and I'm a bit wary. But give me something with that kind of body and the sweet profile and I'll, I'll do all right. So now knowing that you found your perfect dark beer, <laughs> you also know you're never gonna have this again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there might be something similar. There are right. some cans in my car I can leave you. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let this sort of remaining quarter of a pint last. So, Tom, does this not feel brilliant that Ashley's actually talking positively about a dark beer for once? Oh, yeah. Thank I God. It's, uh, it's nice that you've not just going... No, it's, it's like I said, so the last episode we did, I said that there are good dark beers and there are shit dark beers. And I think that my first few experiences of dark beers were shit ones and I think that that sort of clouded my that's judgment. The thing, that's the thing, you need to try some stuff like, yeah. as you said, the there's loads of like, you know, below average stouts, yeah. but the, at the same time there are loads of like really good stouts and if you think, if you check like, you know, ratings and stuff, for almost every brewery, the best ratings are coming from black ales, yeah. like stouts, imperial stouts, imperial porters, whatever, yeah, you name it. But they do have like loads of flavours and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And always everyone's cup of tea, but they are. They're Marmite beers. Possibly really? the most intense flavour wise. Yeah. 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 
when, when you find it something that really hits you, when you find a decent sound that really hits the sweet spot inside, wow. Yeah, that's always going to be so much more than any hell or uh, any IPA or any yeah. other lighter yeah. style of beer can do because it is that intense. If you don't like someone, then you know, no one likes every beer. But when you no. do find one that's with that stout or an imperial cell, you know, or something that's really full on flavors and it hits, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the craft beer. It's like the craft. An Imperial IPA or Imperial Stout is never going to be a mass volume product, ever. The volume products are the 4%, 4.2s. 4% it's, it, it's no offence to any brand that's out there that's a 4% 4% gold, this or whatever. But they are so mass appealing because they are so unflavorful. There's no distinguishing flavour in there. I mean, everyone myself included like banana hate it it's got flavours people hate and craft beer <laughs> there you go so craft beer really picks out on certain flavours certain styles and each individual beer intensifies those flavours so there's a lot of people that don't like them but a small group will so you're never going to get a live wire a surface area a mocker that's going to go to a hundred thousand barrels a year like Heineken or something like that you know, yeah. it's never going to happen because they are so they're great products but directed at a certain person yeah um, and I think what these guys do is create something what is it that we do? you, you just create something awesome for each flavour oh to a bit yeah <laughs> as well as satisfying my lust mate yeah. <laughs> we, we've had we've had a fair number of beers on in, in recent so weeks that all oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know in recent weeks all we've been able to describe a beer as is solid you know we, we sort of go that's a solid yeah, pale ale yeah, you know, right. well balanced it, it doesn't well do, balanced. Yeah, it doesn't do a huge amount but if you just wanted a pale ale that would do it yeah. whereas I think each of these have shown something <laughs> different and I think we had quite a long discussion about the, um, the difference between the keg and the cask on the, the live wire. Just a sort of complete difference, and, and Ryan was sort of talking us through the, the fact that the process only differs right at the very end. Yeah. It's the same beer until it's, it's the same beer, but you know, yeah. Once it's got its uh, uh, carbonation, yeah. CO2 added, one is uh, naturally conditioned in the cask. Exactly. And you know, we were talking around the fact that you know just the temperature and that sort of forced CO2 yeah. made such a huge difference to, to the taste that you would have sworn blind that they were different beers. So the whole batch, the whole batch may be in the conditioning tank, yeah. and like fill the first casks, then force carbonate. It's like exactly the same thing. It's not going anywhere. It's just the procedure, yeah. and that's it, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And it's you know it just brings out totally different flavour profiles that meant that we had to have a sort of nuanced conversation around. You know, it's it's just great. You know, you, you know. I think any brewer can make crowd pleasers. You know, I think people know what everybody wants. You can just make a sort of generic pale ale if you really wanted to, and, and that would sell and sell and sell and sell. But you say that, but you know, on the other hand, you have some like really experimental breweries, like let's say Omnipolo, for example. No one had no one had ever heard like you know stuff like 
no a pecan or like mud cake stouts or marshmallow stouts or stuff like this. No one was ever asking for stuff like that. And they just like, you know, smashed everything, like all of yeah. the ideas. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's not a big demand product. So yeah, yeah, yeah. For them, it's massive because yeah. it's what they specialize in. Yeah. yeah. Talking about the brewery, is there a particular brewery that, one brewery that you'd love to like do a collaboration with? Buckham. <laughs> She's not serious. She's what in, in UK? Uh, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Evil me, me personally, it would be Omnipolar. Oh, Omnipolar as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, massive, I'm a massive stout. I have already started massive. talking to Omnipolar. Yeah. yeah, massive, massive stout fan. Uh, other Possibly than that, this year, maybe early next year. Other than that, it, it would be Michele from Denmark. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Me, with, with Omnipolar. Yes, if we done stouts. Uh, yeah, no, that's no, the only no guess. offense to their pails. Well, they haven't done any pails. I'm sure they won't be no listening. No offense to their pails, yeah. but no, we, we, we did have a yellow belly recently, and it was a tweet to me. Oh my god! Yeah, those stouts know they are. Even though that was mostly bugs. Well above a lot of people, so it'd be great to do a stout with them. Yeah. If we wanted something more pale and hoppy. Although they're friends of ours, so we can't really, uh, <laughs> we've got a bit of a bias. Left-handed giant in Bristol. Oh, yes. uh, Definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of, bre- lot of breweries in Bristol, and at the moment, left-handed giant are really shining. They've gone through the crowd thing, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. smashing really well for that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff, Hopefully we will be doing a collab with them soon. Uh, awesome. There's nothing confirmed, so <laughs> it'll be nice well, we're, too. We're they, are, but they, they have just upped their game so much. Not that it was bad before, yeah. Um, yeah, the North is massive as well, like Leeds, Huddersfield. Like Magic really, Rock really, really, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really we're working with Magic Rock up at um, Brew York, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. And really Manhattan. Nice. So we, we've got we got a curl up Manhattan curl up. Nice. Um, I mean, we can only imagine, imagine. We can only imagine what Mad Hatter are bringing to the table because obviously we've had their Satsuki sour. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that oh, is just that is my favourite sour. It's crazy. Honestly, yeah. I tried that and just went. Mate, don't I, I, I tried a third. Me, I drank two and a half pints. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I think yeah, I think the Satsuki sour was our favourite beer of last yeah. year. Like, but surely, surely, yeah, as, as, a, a, as a Greek man, then yeah. surely you can <laughs> confirm that that does actually taste like Satsuki. Yeah, it was really good. Man, very many, went many no, words. We went, we went, <laughs> in London. we went in London, right? When we did that, we was we doing collab with uh, Big Smoke. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we saw the Dicky Sour in the board, and we were like, what? I literally, I tried a third. We had a pizza coming. I ended up drinking two and a half pints. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, we just had the bottle of it, didn't we? And it was just what's that? Blew us away. The Satsuki Sour. It just blew us away. It's the weirdest thing I've ever had. Blew us away. Fair play, fair play to them. It's mostly yeah. Absolutely incredible. Well, I uh, I think that about wraps up for uh, this episode. Oh, what that name? Men behaving badly. Obviously, uh, I'd like to thank Tom. Thank you very much. And thank Ashley. Thank you. And thank you to Dennis, Ian, and Ryan from Electric Bear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Pleasure. you very much for having uh, for coming on to the podcast here. Thank you very much. Thank you for viewing our beers and. Uh, I'm going to buy you a few more now. Oh, um, thank you very much. Yeah. Did you remember to press record at the start? <laughs> there, there's a red light on there, so we, we should be good. We should be good. Right, so, boys, uh, let's get on the gas. Cheers, cheers. boys. Cheers. cheers. Oh, cheers. Guys. <laughs>